0: Well, good morning. Good to see you here. Uh, if you know me, you know that I'm a big Kentucky basketball fan. Uh, and what better way to start a sermon than talk about Kentucky basketball? Not I'm joking. Uh, in January of 2017, Kristen and I went to a Kentucky basketball game at Rupp Arena. And they were playing Kansas, and I think they were ranked like 5-1. Kansas was number one, Kentucky was number five in the nation. And... I had some kind of cold, and Kristen was pregnant with Harper, and they had decided that they wanted to try to set the the record, world record for the loudest basketball arena, which would be great on any other time, but you know we weren't really we weren't really contributing to it. And they did. They said we set the world record for the loudest arena. And then I think just a couple weeks later, the University of Kansas set the record for the loudest arena, 130.4 decibels. You know, hearing loss, if you're around 85 decibels, you'll suffer hearing loss around that kind of noise. That's pretty loud. Uh, But we live in a noisy world. Uh, And I grew up in the middle of nowhere. If you heard anything at night, that meant somebody was at the house. And when we first got married, we lived in town. It was a good first home. But it took me a while to get used to car doors shutting and just hearing noise. And you think, somebody's at the house. Somebody's trying to break in. But it's just the noise of uh, a city. I really think that some people... uh, Probably wouldn't be able to stand just the sound of nature and quietness. We live in a noisy world. We're used to hustling and bustling highways, sound of cars, trucks, people, so forth in a city. In worship services today, uh, a lot of services are noisy. Few months ago I was talking to a lady that I work with and she said that usually they have a whole concert going on uh, where she goes to church but a couple of the band members were sick and so they only had a couple guitar players playing and her comment was it was nice but it just wasn't like normal because we're usually rocking during our worship service really noisy and loud and there's some occasions that noise is okay but silence is a good thing too and so this morning I want to spend some time talking about the fact that silence is a virtue Silence is virtue, and and we'll just uh, talk about being quiet this morning. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, beginning at verse 1 and then verse 7, you remember this passage really well. Uh, Solomon says, to everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. He says there's a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. There's some appropriate times for silence. Uh, We're probably all familiar with a circumstance when a person spoke and they should have just kept their mouth shut Uh, unfortunately maybe sometimes we've been that person Uh, in proverbs 29 in verse 20 the proverb writer says seest thou a man that is hasty in his words there is more hope of a fool than of him Uh, and so sometimes we just need to be quiet we don't need to talk and if we're hasty in our words the proverb writer says there's more hope of a fool than of him and so I want to talk this morning about uh, silence. And so that's what, that's what our, our goal will be. We'll just talk about the fact that silence is a virtue uh, and how that relates to our respect and reverence toward God is really our main, our main focus this morning. So let's talk about that, how silence is a virtue. You know, in the first place, silence shows reverence. In Habakkuk chapter 2, Stephen did that, that reading for us. You know, we don't go to the book of Habakkuk a lot. But in Habakkuk 2, beginning at verse 18, the prophet is ridiculing the whole concept of idolatry. That's what he's talking about. And so he says, What profiteth the graven image that the maker thereof hath given it, the molten image and a teacher of lies, that the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols? Woe unto him that saith to the wood, Awake, to the dumb stone arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of it but the lord is in his holy temple let all the earth keep silence before him so they made something out of wood or stone or out of silver or gold and then they're saying to it wake up breathe come alive and teach us uh and just a foolish thing that is and that's what habakkuk was talking about uh you remember the story of elijah and the contest he had on the mountain with the prophets of baal everybody's familiar with that story uh so these prophets of Baal, they were crying out to their idol gods. Remember, they got to jumping up around on the altar. They cut themselves, and they were bleeding, and they were trying to get their false gods to hear them. And you remember how Elijah responded to him? He sort of mocked them. You know, he, he said, well, maybe he's talking, and Baal's talking, and he just can't hear you. Or maybe he's on a journey far away. Maybe if you talk a little bit louder, he'll be able to hear you. Uh, maybe he's asleep. Obviously he was just joking with them because their idols were false and they weren't real and they weren't going to speak and nothing was going to happen. Same thing Habakkuk's talking about here. Remember Elijah had them fill four barrels of water and pour it on this altar. And then he had them do it a second time and then a third time. And so it was totally uh, drenched and then there was a trench around the altar and it was full of water. Remember Elijah called uh, fire down from heaven and it and it uh, consumed the sacrifice. It consumed the wood, the stones, the dust. And it licked up the water in the trench around that altar. That's a pretty amazing story. You remember how the people responded? They all fell down on their faces. You know, they came in contact with the real God. And they recognized, you know, we, we don't have to jump around and, to get him to listen. That God of heaven is real. And that's exactly what Habakkuk is talking about here. Uh, so foolish to call out to your idols, uh, telling them to arise. But notice... He says, the Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before Him. Silence is a way of expressing our reverence toward God. It's a proper way to respond to God's glory and majesty to keep silence before Him. In Revelation chapter 4 and verse 10, remember this is the throne scene in Revelation uh, and it says the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Now the word silence isn't mentioned here but I just want you to notice that these elders they fall down before him that sat on the throne. When they were in the process of worshiping uh, they had reverence Uh, toward God they were falling down before him and I want you to think about what we're doing here today obviously we're not uh, literally in front of the throne of God but aren't we doing the same thing that they were they're doing as described here we are showing reverence to God and we're worshiping him Uh, and God is present he knows what we're doing here Uh, but I want you to contrast that to some contemporary worship that is offered today I'm not saying that we ought to sit in absolute silence the whole time. Obviously, we sing and we offer prayers. But when we worship God, it should be done in a a manner of reverence toward Him and respect. Uh, And a lot of times today, that's not the case. I mean, literally, it's like a rock concert. uh, And that's the opposite of what I read about in the Bible uh, as far as showing respect and reverence for God. In Psalm 95, beginning at verse 1, the psalmist says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. And so we ought to rightfully, uh, make a joyful noise. We, it's right for us to sing unto the Lord. Uh, Sing loudly uh, and praise God for the things that he's done for us. But there's still got to be a reverence and decency about how we do things. And I believe that's why Paul wrote in First Corinthians 14 and verse 40 that all things ought to be done decently and in order. He said, let all things be done decently and in order. I had a friend one time uh, several years ago. We were talking about why we don't have instrumental music in worship. And he said, uh, if we can shout and cheer at a football game, then why can't we do that in church? Or if we can have a good time at a concert, then why can't we just incorporate that into the church service? There's a lot of reasons why, but part of the reason why is because that wouldn't be decent and in order. That's more like chaos. And, and we ought to be doing things decently and in order, and we're showing our reverence for God by respecting what He's asked us to do and then uh, making sure that we're here for an occasion to worship God, not for our entertainment. Uh, and so... Uh, when we, when we incorporate those other things, it's not showing proper reverence toward God. You know, there's some churches that have, uh, I've read about that they have an interpretive dance team to put on a performance to prepare for taking the Lord's Supper. Uh, and so you have some people performing and singing and others listening, and then when they're done, everybody is applauding them for their performance. That's not at all what we read about in the Bible, about being entertained. That's not decent and in order. Also, prayer. Uh, I've read and heard, maybe you have too, about people that are referencing or or referring to God and and saying dad or daddy when they offer a prayer. That's not showing respect and reverence toward God. It's not some casual type conversation. Uh, And so in Habakkuk 2 and verse 20, when we read the idea of just having silence before him, the Lord is in his holy temple, let the whole earth keep silence before him. Uh, we're talking about the idea of reverence toward God. Understanding why we're here, silence brings along the idea of reverence for God. All right, in the second place, uh, silence is a sign of respect. Silence is a sign of respect. Being quiet is a sign of respect toward other people. I was thinking about Job, in Job 29, beginning at verse 21, Uh Here Job was defending his own righteousness to his friends. Uh, And Job was saying that he had lived righteously. He said unto me men gave ear and waited and kept silence at my counsel. After my words they spake not again and my speech dropped upon them and they waited for me as for the rain and they opened their mouth wide as for the latter rain. So, again, Job was defending. Remember, you know the story of Job, the situation. His friends came to him and they said, Come on, Job, you must have done something. For all this bad stuff to happen to you, you had to have done something wrong. And Job was sort of in the process of defending himself. I haven't done anything wrong. And he said, uh, People listened to me. They kept silence when I was talking. They respected me. Uh, I, had, I got some wisdom. Uh, and people wanted to listen to what I have to say. Uh, think about the respect that maybe a college professor demands you know uh if you haven't been to college yet uh, if you're going to go these professors demand respect when they walk into the room and they want you to be quiet And if you're talking then that's a no-no you know they they have a lot to say and they feel like it's really important and i'm sure it is and so they want you to be quiet and listen to what they have to say children uh, should have that kind of respect for their parents you've heard parents say don't interrupt me when i'm talking well, that's the same idea it's it's because uh they ought to show respect And then there'll be a proper time for them to talk, but that time isn't isn't right now. In Proverbs 13 and verse 1, the proverb writer said, A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Uh, A scorner, some other versions may say scoffer. So in order to do that, you're talking and speaking. Uh, People in our day rail against authority. see it in the news all the time. Someone has a conflict with a police officer. They show lack of respect. Uh, They lash out with profanity and disrespect. And and they sometimes should just be quiet. Uh, And that's what the proverb writer is talking about there. You know, for us today, Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2. And he said, I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet... And peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We ought to be praying for our leaders. I appreciate a lot of the people that lead prayers here uh, pray for our leaders. We ought to be doing that so that we can live a quiet and peaceable life. The focus of our prayer shouldn't be that our you know uh, foreign trade policies be better, uh, those kind of things, you know, that uh, we're, we're concerned about in, inflation and we're concerned about a lot of things, in the direction our country is going. But our main focus of our prayer should be that. We could live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Uh, that idea of quietness shows that we uh, have respect and, and we want to, uh, most of all, honor and respect God. In Second Peter uh, 2, beginning at verse 10, Peter is talking about false teachers. And he is contrasting false teachers and how they act and, and conduct themselves with angels. And so that's the context of Second Peter 2. But in verse 10, uh, he says, But chiefly, them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. So that's, that's false teachers he's talking about. Then he says, Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. One of the things about angels that he is, he's commending here is, These angels show respect. Even if they disagree, I mean, they're showing respect and they don't bring railing accusation against them before the Lord. Because ultimately they answer to God. Uh, And so Peter is saying that we ought to be like that. We ought to be respectful people. And sometimes being quiet is the best way to show respect. In Proverbs 1, verse 22, it says, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Uh... The scorners delight in their scorning. If I was going to sort of paraphrase that or reword that, it's more like the people that like to talk and not show respect, they just talk to hear themselves talking. They love to hear themselves speak. The scorners delight in their scorning. And that's a characteristic of people who are ungodly, uh, that description right there. They're willing to speak evil. They have no respect for authority. They won't be quiet. And so what we're saying is that silence is a sign of respect, All right, in third place, silence shows submission. And so I want to talk for just a minute about the attitude that we should have toward God. I want to go back to Job. and In Job 38, beginning at verse 1, it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. So what had happened was, Uh, Job was provoked. Job was provoked above almost all other people that we could consider. And he eventually sort of broke and he spoke out of turn and he asked God, why was he doing these things to him? Why are you doing this to me? And so God answered him and he realized real quick he he should have, he should have kept quiet because God said to him, who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? And God told him, gird up now thy loins like a man for I will demand of thee. And you're going to answer me is what God told Job. And so the right attitude, I think Job learned it. Unfortunately, he learned it after he spoke there was that he should have kept quiet and and kept his thoughts to himself on the matter. Not proper to ask God, why are you doing this to me? Uh, Or God, why did you make things this way? Or maybe you've heard people say, God, why are you telling me how to live my life? Who are you to tell me uh, how to live my life? But instead we should listen to the counsel of God. And I think that's what Job learned after he he spoke here. A couple chapters over in Job 40 beginning at verse 1. says, Moreover the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. So notice what's happening here. Job came to understand that I need to submit to God and be quiet. Uh, I need to keep my mouth shut because I'm dealing with God here. God says, shall the person that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? Who's going to tell God what to do? None of us are capable of doing that. I mean, we can try, but that's a foolish effort. We can't tell God what to do. He's God. Uh, And so Job's response was, I'm vile. Uh, What shall I answer thee? What can I say to you, God? And so he said, I'll lay my hand upon my mouth and keep my mouth shut. That's what Job learned. When when dealing with God, you know, you and I will never have the opportunity, not on, in this life, to speak to God and have him answer us that way. God has spoken to us through his word, but we won't have the chance to do that. But our actions sometimes, I think, show that we're like Job. We're talking back to God. We're talking out of turn. Uh, we're asking God uh, uh, things that we ought not. And sometimes it's best just to keep quiet. God has said what he wanted us to do on the matter. We just need to listen. You kind of go back to that parent-child relationship. Uh, in Proverbs 23, beginning at verse 22, the proverb writer says, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bare thee shall rejoice. My son, give me thy heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. Uh, You know, young people just lack understanding. And that's not being mean at all. It's just when we're young, we lack understanding. You know, and so when you're young and uh, you try to realize that, you know, because your parents, they were young once upon a time too, and uh, they lacked all the understanding they needed as well. But, you know, now they've lived a little bit uh, and they've gained some knowledge. And so they deserve respect for that. You know, they know a little bit more uh, than you do. It wasn't all that long ago, I, I think about this, and you know, I was a teenager and I had it all figured out, and then you learn, yeah, I don't really know anything, and I learn more all the time how little I really know. That's what's being talked about here. Listen listen to your father, don't despise your mother, uh, buy the truth and sell it not. Uh, and so have that respect, and sometimes young people, when your parents are giving you instructions, the best thing to do is to, to keep quiet and submit to them. Silence shows submission. But for all of us, silence shows submission to God. Sometimes the best thing for us to do is just keep quiet and do what God said to do about the matter. You know, the next thing we'd say is silence shows discretion. Silence shows discretion. Uh, Sometimes it's better not to speak. Uh, If I speak up, I may divulge some kind of information that is inappropriate. A discreet person that uses wisdom understands that sometimes the best thing to do is not say anything at all. I think that's something we've got to learn and develop, Uh, a work in progress probably for all of us, growing in that. But sometimes the best thing to do is to be quiet. You've got friends and friendships. If someone gives a secret to you, it's best to keep that to yourself. Silence would show you're trustworthy. Uh, In Proverbs 11, in verse 13, it says, A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Uh, so a tale-bearer or one that's going to gossip and tell things, they reveal secrets. But a person that is of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. And so we're not talking about deceitfulness or lying. We're just talking about discretion. Discretion is the hallmark of a wise person. Uh, being quiet about things that you ought not talk about. In Proverbs 18, beginning of verse 6, it says, A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is in his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. It's interesting, that's King James wording there, but uh, a person that's foolish, that talks to get themselves in fights, and their mouth is calling for strokes there. Uh, Basically what the Proverbs writer writer is saying is, people are going to talk in such a way, that somebody would want to hit them in the mouth. Their mouth is calling for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are a snare of his soul. And here's the most important point of that. His lips are a snare of his soul. Uh, And so, Sometimes we need to be silent because our soul could be at stake depending on what the situation is. And so it's best to be silent. In Proverbs 8, in verse 12, it says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Uh, So a wise person dwells with prudence uh, and shows discretion. Uh, And so silence shows discretion is what we're saying. So there's four points about silence. Uh, Reverence, respect, submission, discretion. And i got one more. Silence is important regarding authority. Greg just did a lesson a couple of weeks ago about this. He talked about the silence of the scriptures. And so we don't spend a ton of time talking about this. But silence is important regarding authority uh, because we want to find out what God's will is for us. Uh, we've already talked about reverence, respect, submission. God says to do it and we ought to do it. We ought to respect what he said and show reverence to him. Uh, but there's really two views held in religion today Uh, And those two views are this, well the Bible tells us some things we are to do, but if God hasn't said anything about it, then he doesn't care. He sort of granted us liberty and we can do whatever we want. In other words, if God hasn't explicitly stated something that we are uh, to do, then we can just kind of decide for ourselves what we want to do. The other view is that if God hasn't said anything about it, we should leave it alone. If God was silent on it, then we should be silent on it. I'm sure we've heard the phrase, Greg brought it up, speak where the Bible speaks, be silent where the Bible is silent. That's not a Bible verse, but somewhere over time, people in the Lord's church started using that phrase, and I think think it's a good one. In Matthew 15, beginning of verse 7, this was Jesus, and he was talking to the scribes and Pharisees. Uh, And he says, Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So their worship was in vain uh, because they were doing what they wanted to do. They were teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So they were teaching things that God hadn't said anything about. And they were putting their traditions above the commandments of God. And so they were saying, you got to do our traditions in order to be right. But God's word didn't say anything about that at all. And so what Jesus was telling them in, in, in a roundabout way was to respect the silence of God if God didn't say anything about it then you shouldn't say anything about it uh, but if God did say things about it then you need to you need to do it uh, and so that's what Jesus was telling them God respect, expects us to respect his silence and and here's the classic passage that's mentioned on this uh, in Hebrews 7 the Hebrew writer was talking about the priesthood of Christ and uh, So there's a change of priesthoods under consideration. And he says, For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And so uh, the priesthood of Aaron under the Old Testament was no longer the priesthood under the New Testament. There's been a change. Uh, and Christ is now the high priest. He couldn't be uh, a priest under the New Testament because he came out of the tribe of Judah. And the law of Moses said nothing about a priest coming from that tribe, and so there's no way under the, the old order of things that ironic priesthood could Jesus have been a priest. Uh, but the whole point is, and the point that, that Greg did a really good job of making is, Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood out of the tribe of Judah, and so silence of God ought to be respected. That's what his whole argument hinges upon there in Hebrews seven. And so we've got to respect the silence of the scriptures. So, when somebody asks you, why don't we have a rock band here at College View? I mean it'd be great. We could have fog you know machines and strobe lights, it'd be wonderful. It'd be really exciting. And so our answer is simple. God didn't say anything about it, so we don't do it. Now, we respect the silence of God. Uh, regarding authority for what we have to do Uh, it's important regarding authority all right silence is a virtue silence is not normal in our culture today it's not the norm things are really loud Uh, we live in a noisy world but really silence is really important when you take the time to look at it it shows our reverence respect submission discretion and it shows that we really respect god's authority when we are silent got one more verse for you In Psalm 46 and verse 10, the psalmist said, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. So the psalmist writer said, be still. Uh, Take the time to show reverence, respect, and submission to God. Sometimes it's best to just be still. Stop doing what you're doing. Be in silence and contemplate and know that He is God. And that'll really give us a proper perspective for ourselves when we approach God in all facets of life. All right, appreciate what you uh, appreciate you uh, listening to me this this morning. Hopefully, the things that we've had to say have been beneficial to us. Uh, there's a lot to say about silence, uh, and hopefully, we can uh, use silence uh, the way that the Bible talks to us about it and show our reverence toward God. We didn't talk this morning about becoming a Christian, but we, won't, we don't want to end our lesson without offering an invitation. If you're here this morning and you recognize that, that He is God and He's loved you, He's made everything available to you to become a child of His, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for the sins of the world, and we've got the opportunity to, to make it to heaven after this life is over because of what He did for us. But if you haven't become a Christian, you don't have that hope. None of that pertains to you. You need to become a Christian. You do that by hearing the word of God, believing it, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ and then being baptized. Once you've done that, you need to live faithfully till death. And so if you become a Christian and you're not living faithfully, you need to get that right this morning too. And so if you have a need, we want you to consider your life. And while we're singing the invitation song, if you have a need, come forward while we stand and while we sing.